Excuse me, everyone, I have a brief announcement to make. Jesus was black, Ronald Reagan was the devil, and the government is lying about 9-11. Thank you for your time, and good night. If I say any more, they might be at my door. Who the fuck is that? Staring in my window, doing that surveillance on Mr. Michael Rinder. I'm dropping off the grid before they pump the lid. I leave you with four words. I'm glad Reagan did. Welcome to Upside Talk Politics, a left-wing political podcast where we talk about pop culture, political shit, and all that entails. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. I'm Phil. And I'm Chrissy. What? Chrissy's here! Yay! Hey, Chrissy's my fiancé. I am. So now we've come full circle, <laughs> having both fiancés on the show, of the only two people who have fiancés. The only two fiancés in the world. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now that we have a uh, not like white dude on the show i mean chrissy's white but she's not a dude well that's that's what you think are we gonna talk about diversity no nah. are we gonna talk about representation no we're gonna nah, talk we... about a white dude yeah exactly yeah. so uh chrissy have you listened to the show before no this is the one where you like saw yells about comics though right yeah i mean wait so it was last time <laughs> so uh chrissy what do you know about ronald reagan our topic of today i know that white people love him um, well, white Republicans love him. Like, my, my family loves him. Um, I know that his name is dropped a lot in Republican GOP debates. And we drink every time. Oh, we drink every single time. And I know <laughs> that he was the president. That's pretty good. Uh, do, you know, do you know when he was president? Um, a while ago. <laughs> in a more Republican time. It's the time when America was great, according to Trump. Yeah. That's that. actually a good point that Sly will probably talk about later, about how... Um, sometimes when people look back at the good old days, they're talking about Reagan. And by people, I mean Republicans. Yep. So, uh, Phil, uh, was is Chrissy right about Reagan? Was he a guy that white people should like and a president? Should like. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, let me fact check here. He was the president. Uh, <laughs> so that's right. And white people do like him, um, some white people, and probably some non-white people too, actually. he's a, Even though he's a controversial figure, many people do f- think he's a great president well even um, obama fucking praises him all the time too so he's black well as you said obama's a milquetoast piece of shit so. yeah exactly <laughs> i uh, <laughs> i know that according to my dad ronald reagan you know i might not have agreed with everything but he made you proud to be an american again especially <laughs> after carter one of my co-workers uh we were talking about presidents and she said i um i love reagan and i'm like oh why like and she said <laughs> he looked like my dad <laughs> And I was like, hmm, okay, uh, that's, I guess that's a criteria for loving a president. But um, what I wanted to talk about with Reagan is one of his most uh, daring decisions ever to sell guns to Iran in order to... Did you say to... Uh, daring or daring? I said daring. You know, his, his brave patriotic move. Because I don't think it's endearing, but it was daring. It, it's... it was endearing to some people, I'm sure. To the contrast. It endears him for us because we get to be like, oh yeah, Iran-Contra, fuck you guys. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted, I wanted to mention the Iran-Contra affair where... And just so you guys know, it's not related to Contra, the video game. What? Yeah, like the NES game, <laughs> like, there's no aliens or anything that happened during this fucking... No, but the Contras, if you look at the way they're dressed, they kind of look like the Contras from Nicaragua. Oh, you're right. It's completely accurate then. It's, it's... Uh, so... <laughs> so they're basically the same thing. Yeah. 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 So go play um... Contra NES and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, Ronald Reagan's the last boss of that game. You could be Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
I ran Contra just to give a quick rundown of what this is. The Reagan administration was selling weapons to Iran, which was under an arms embargo at the time where you're not supposed to sell guns to them. And they were using the money from that to give to a right-wing revolutionary group in Nicaragua. Um, I mean, the U.S. history in Nicaragua is really complicated, and we can't really spend this whole episode talking about it, but we basically have always had a very um, uh, imperialistic approach to Nicaragua where we wanted to make a canal there and control the business there. But it became a a left-wing communist or socialist-backed government with the Sandinistas, and the U.S. did not like this because it was the Cold War, and the idea was if we have commies on our doorstep, they're probably being backed by the Soviets. Um, Mm -hmm. So the fear was that if we have a left-wing Nicaragua, we have Soviets right in Central America, like, you know, the whole situation with Cuba as well. Oh, did we tell when when he was president? (laughs) No, 81 to 89, right? Yeah, like like Chrissy said, uh, when we were super Republican. Yeah. Yeah. The good old days. So when... So when was Iran-Contra? 86, I think. Okay. Um, so we sell guns to Iran, which is under an arms embargo, to get money to give to right-wing, or moderates, as the U.S. always calls these groups we fund, uh, to help overthrow the the left-wing government there. Yeah, it's like I told you, um, moderates are always the problem. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these milquetoast pieces of shit in the jungle... Uh, no, they were they were not milk toast. They were <laughs> they were committing thousands of terrorist attacks per year. Um, as a non-listener and non-politically inclined individual, can someone explain milk toast to me really quick? All right, so Phil was ignorant on this before, so he should explain it. Uh, <laughs> He's challenging Phil. <laughs> also, it's spelled M I L Q U E. No, I thought yeah. I, I was like milk toast. <laughs> oh my god, I really thought milk toast too. Yeah, uh, it's basically like the bland, moderate. I, like you are not taking a stance any on any issue either way. Got it. So you're like both sides are just as bad when we're talking about blah blah blah. Um, so Sly likes to call everyone who's not super uh, left wing. He calls them a milk toast piece of shit because they're not fighting on the streets for the death of the bourgeoisie. Okay, got it. So in the context of this episode again, uh, who was I calling milk toast? I mean, we we're calling the contras <laughs> milk toast because they're moderates. But yeah, because they were only committing one thousand terrorist attacks per year. Uh, not enough for the proletariat. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, this is a pretty big deal because he does not get congressional approval for this. This is not a a public thing. This is done covertly. The CIA is training and arming these Contras in Nicaragua, which are committing war crimes, uh, selling drugs to America. So, like the cocaine epidemic in the eighties was largely not, was largely funded and uh, committed by these Contra groups. Um, but uh, the Reagan administration was secretly doing this because they they saw this as a you know protection of the Americas against communism. Um, and what's interesting is that this I was reading a New York Times article from 1994 earlier that the Iran Contra affair was like the investigation that never went anywhere. That this was uh, a political this should have been a, a political scandal that would bring a president down in the way the kind of like Benghazi, right? Well, it's actually, uh, there's a lot of scandals like this that uh, become media sensations but don't actually do anything. Um, Like, Reagan should, by many accounts, maybe have been impeached or at least, you know, something should have been done. But in the end, it's kind of like the investigation that went nowhere. There were few uh, people that 
were uh, questioned by Who's Congress. Who's the big guy? Ollie North. Yeah. I um, always get him confused with Oliver Stone, and I know they're totally different people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, there were some, like, people getting interviewed but or, or questioned at a congressional hearing, but it's like they were saying, the New York Times article was saying that this is, like, the investigation that couldn't. It just it never went anywhere, and even though this seems like it's something that should bring down a president, it just... It was in the media for a long time, but just didn't do anything. I remember when I was in high school and I started looking into Reagan and I read on Iron Contra, I'm like, this can't be real because I would definitely know about this. Like, this seems like the worst thing. Yeah. Well, that definitely wasn't impeachable. You know what is impeachable? Getting a blowjob and lying to Congress. That, that's where you <laughs> fucking fucked up, Clinton. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting that in light of, you know, the... Um, you can even bring up Benghazi as a as a scandal that was a big deal, or yeah, I, I think uh, you mean the worst thing that ever happened, Phil. Sure, the worst attack on American history, um, yeah. it, uh, or like the Trump Russia connection. Now it's like how much it's interesting in in thinking about Iran Contra. How much of things that pe- that presidents do is actually something that's going to go somewhere, or something that's just going to be like blustered about? Is it and... just going to be? Uh, is it going to actually go to court, or is it going to be used in an attack ad? On the right. next election, um, which I think is interesting because when when conservatives talk about Reagan, they're they're like they talk about the good things, which I'm I'm trying to think of what example. <laughs> I think of a good thing. <laughs> Chrissy, help him out. What's a good thing that Reagan did? Make America great. Yeah, he um, spearheaded the time of America being great. Essentially, that's <laughs> yes. that's like the number one thing that you could attribute to Reagan. What do they say that he did so great? He cut taxes for the rich. Oh, but he only did. the rich, because the deficit went up. Yeah, but that's what matters. And then it trickles down. Was that him? Oh uh, yeah, it was him. Yeah, it trickled down. That was great. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. worked out great. Reaganomics. Oh, no, he's he's going to call it supply side economics. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he deregulated industry. Yeah, and which again put up the budget though. I mean the deficit. Yeah, but since when has the conservative party actually been fiscally responsible? You also made Star Wars real. That's that's a big accomplishment. That's true. He, did Star Wars real. he had the plan to make Star Wars real. Oh, that was him? I know more about Reagan than I thought. <laughs> did he killed, uh, he blew up Gaddafi's family, right? He uh, blew up his daughter. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he committed war crimes, but like, as my dad said, hey, you never heard, you never heard him around after that, right? He showed everybody, <laughs> you don't mess with America. We'll yeah. commit war crimes. And we did go and kill Gaddafi again later, like 23 years well, ago. Well, that was so. Obama. He was just yeah. following milquetoast Reagan's policy. Reagan's not milquetoast. He's <laughs> yeah, conservative. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting, like, uh, we can have a whole, like, history lesson episode on, on Reagan's rise, and, like, I, I know I've mentioned this a million times before, but, like... I, He's I a always, piece of shit. I, I'm fascinated by the rise of the new conservative movement, at, like, this grassroots movement that 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 sprawls out of Southern California and pushes Reagan, uh, an actor, to become president. I would say he also, like, really radicalized the Christian right to be, like, in the pocket of conservatives. But I don't know if that if he did that or if they the movement that elected him was trying to marry those two things. Like it was it was right wing religious people trying to say like we need to take the Republican Party and make it that's true that's morally true. morally aligned again. Um, just like we can you know give left or right wing drug runners terrorists money. That's morally Christian. Yeah, of course. So, Chrissy, you, know, you talk about Reagan and what you know about Reagan. What do you know about the Supreme Court? Um, potentially less than I know about Reagan. I know that they're the the head court. I know that cases get worked their way up to the Supreme Court. And I know that they don't make laws, but they, like, 
decide how laws are like interpreted so they kind of make laws in order for me to not call off the wedding how many supreme court justices are there uh fuck nine eighteen <laughs> yes. nine, nine. <laughs> <laughs> works. Oh, the first okay. answer is when it counts uh, yeah well yeah. sometimes there's not nine <laughs> Yeah. Such as? Such as many times. We saw last year with Merrick Garland that that seat stayed open for over a year, right? Yep. Yeah. It was yeah. Over a year. Uh, yeah, it was. It was, it was about a year. Yeah. And this has that the Garland precedent, as we call it now, does have some history. We, or do you just mean you? We No, that's a thing. Is people thing? call it that. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder if you're making up terms. The royal we. No, people call it that. Okay. Interesting. But I, I've... I'm so glad Christy's here because I feel like this name was made for her. We're going to talk about Robert Bork. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, man. (laughs) And Robert Bork was a judge who Reagan nominated to be the Supreme Court, and the Senate was like... I was going to say Reagan Bork. Yeah, (laughs) Well, there's a section on his Wikipedia page for Bork as a verb. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. So, to give a little bit... Wait, what is that direct to? It's, uh, according to columnist William Sapphire, the first published use of bork as a verb was in 1987. <laughs> it, it defines to bork by reference to the way Democrats savaged Ronald Reagan's nominee, <laughs> the appeals court judge Robert H. Bork, the year before. I don't think I've heard it as a verb before. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bork you later. <laughs> yeah, uh, feminist Florence Kennedy addressed the National Organization for Women and said when Clarence Thomas was nominated, we're going to bork him. We're going to kill him <laughs> politically. This little creep, where did he come from? All right, so enough, enough about bork the verb. What about bork the noun? Okay, so the proper noun, Robert Bork. He was a judge that Reagan nominated to fill a seat, and the, Supre- the Senate, uh, the Democrat Senate, was like, no, we're not going to hear this guy. And much like Iran-Contra, the more I looked into it, the more I was like, this is... He's a piece of shit, this guy. By he, you mean Bork or Reagan? Well, both, but Bork. (laughs) Here, he was involved in the Saturday Night Massacre, which was the term that uh, commentators used to refer to Nixon's dismissal of the independent special prosecutor and the resignations of the attorney general and deputy attorney general during Watergate. So it wasn't wasn't a particularly bad episode of Saturday Night Live? (laughs) No. (laughs) It was a Saturday Night Massacre. And basically what happened was... Uh, at the time, the Solicitor General, Bork, was the only person involved in this, like, I guess this whole investigation that didn't vow to, like, not be a piece of shit about it. And he basically fired the special prosecutor to bring in their own guy and called for the resignations of the Attorney General and the Deputy Attorney General so he could keep his job. And... It later came out that Nixon said, if you help me with this, I will make you a Supreme Court justice. But that never happened because he resigned. Nixon resigned. So leave it to Reagan to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Following Nixon's footsteps is a great way yeah. to go. Yeah, the breast president, right? Yeah. The breast president. <laughs> <laughs> like, we could have had one, but now we have Trump instead. Yeah, yeah. If only he, uh, Trump actually grabbed breasts, then we can make a joke about him. But no, it was the other thing. Yeah, I'm sure he he only ever grabs. Yeah, that's, that's not limits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm just, all those sexual assaults that are on his record, none of them yeah. involved any chest touching. But that's besides the point. <laughs> so basically, Bork was—he's somebody that you would expect Trump to pick. He's somebody like that was—he was an extreme right-wing judge, and I just want to read a short piece from Ted Kennedy's speech on the Senate floor about Bork, and. 
in all fairness, Bork said that this was inaccurate, and The Economist remarked that he could have been right about it being inaccurate, but whatever. So this is what Ted Kennedy had to say. Robert Bork's America is a land in which women would be forced into back alley abortions, blacks would sit at segregated lunch counters, rogue police could break down citizens' doors in midnight raids, school children could not be taught about evolution, writers and artists could be censored at the whim of the government, and the doors of the federal courts would be shut on the fingers of millions of citizens for whom the ju- judiciary is and is often the only protector of the individual individual rights that are the heart of our democracy. President Reagan is still our president, but he should not be able to reach out from the muck of Iran gate, reach into the muck of Watergate, and impose his reactionary vision of the Constitution on the Supreme Court and the next generation of Americans. No justice would be better than this injustice. Who, who said that? Ted Kennedy. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he was not a popular justice. It's interesting, uh... The idea that this is kind of like a question that has come up a lot. Like, um, is it is it the Supreme Court's like in that speech? Kennedy points out the fact that many of the uh, in what we would consider as progress progressions that the country has made have been through Supreme Court rulings, um, protections for minorities, uh, pro, like you know legalized abortion. Um, and there are people like Bork who are like, that's not, the Constitution doesn't say anything about this, so got to go back to the original roots. Yeah. Um, and it's it's an interesting question because there are still people who are very much in that vein that the court should not be responsible for saying that states can't ban gay marriage. or Like Neil Gorsuch. Yeah. I mean, they're like, they, they look at it as like an, in an originalist way, as they yeah. say. Um, so, uh, yeah, and that's that's something that is a big debate with, like, the Gorsuch case. So, a couple other things about Bork is he was one of the only three Supreme Court nominees to ever be opposed by the ACLU. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's a pretty good, pretty good indicator. Yeah, and uh, he was criticized for being an advocate of disproportionate powers for the executive branch, almost executive supremacy. <laughs> Wait, so this is, I, 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 I was thinking this as you guys were talking about him being a constitutionalist, but they're always like, I'm a constitutionalist, but the, the, this, but this, and like in this case, but the president shall have all the power. Right, like, which is, yeah. is expressly limited in the constitution, like on purpose. Yeah. yeah. The executive branch is like one of the weakest. It's what I was about constitutionalists, quote unquote. They're uh, like, um, even like uh, anyone who mentions that term is always full of shit, like almost invariably. Because people who actually follow the constitution usually don't call themselves constitutionalists, I've noticed. Like, they're usually... It's kind of like saying, I'm not racist, but I'm a constitutionalist, but. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's exactly like that. Uh, one of the other things that I found really funny was uh, during this debate, Bork's video rental history was leaked to <laughs> oh newspapers. God. And oh there wasn't really anything. Uh, noteworthy in there like there was some there was like uh, a Marx Brothers movie but not a Karl Marx <laughs> yeah movie. not a Karl Marx a Karl Marx movie but it led to the 1988 Video Privacy Protection Act which Reagan signed <laughs> and it basically said you're not allowed to release the records of what video games and movies that people rent I mean probably all the congressmen shit their pants because they're like oh my god if mine got released <laughs> like yeah does that still hold water? Because I'm pretty sure that they like sell all of our information on the internet now. Anyway, that's a good point. But internet, internet always has this weird, uh, this weird exception where the government still doesn't like to recognize internet in the same way. They're like, this is a whole separate thing, so previous laws don't apply to it. 
Yeah, there's, there's always this... Because, uh, like, people... Exactly like it turns like the fucking Matrix or some kind of fancy world that doesn't exist, like... If I read your emails, I'm actually not violating the Fourth Amendment because these are not your papers or your effects. This is email. Yeah. This isn't Reagan-oriented, but I'm going to go off on a little tangent because this is really interesting. Apparently, this law was brought back up in 2008 in a class-session lawsuit against Blockbuster because they released customer rental records through Facebook, and they said it was a violation, but then Netflix lobbied them to change the law a little bit where they can if they can't they no longer retain records for people who've left the site but if uh, Obama signed a law that amended it so that if video rental companies like like Netflix wanted to share rent, rental information on social networking sites they would have to obtain customer permission first thanks Obama hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. So we can opt for them to do that to, you know, I guess, like, if you sign in with Facebook or stuff. I bet it's just in the terms of service that I, you do yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, a lot I know of... you can share your, like, ne- like you could say, like, watching something on Netflix. Yeah. Like, you yeah. can sign into it. I just know a lot of the times when they need to, when it's an opt-in thing, you there's, like, tricky ways to do it that it's, like... If you want to use this service, you have yeah, to use it. Yeah, or them. it's, like, they, it's defaulted yes, and you have to actually opt out. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, thanks, Bork. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Obama. Thanks, Even Bork. though I think Bork, that case actually protected our rights a little bit more, but that wasn't him. That was just because he didn't want people to know about the porno he was writing. Of, of course, the uh, only thing Republicans ever do good for us is when it happens, something bad happens to them and they want to prevent them from happening again. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine supporting gays and then their kid is gay and they're like, I support gays and they're they're just like us. We should treat them equally. Yeah. So he was nominated on July 1st, 87, and on October 23rd, 1987, the Senate denied his confirmation. 42 voted yes, 58 voted against. Only two Democrats voted for him, but six Republicans voted against him. So it actually, even if every Republican voted for him, they still wouldn't have been able to hit that 60 threshold. And even now, it's only a 50 threshold, but... They, he still wouldn't have been, even without the filibuster rules in place, he still wouldn't have made it. So they did at least hear his case. So it's not like the yeah. Mark Garland thing where they wouldn't even hear the Yeah, nomination. so that's what I'm going to get to in a second. Well, that's, that's, that's what the modern Republicans do in general, even with bills. Uh, they filibuster just to prevent even a vote. Yeah. yeah, so then eventually after Bork was, they, they stopped him, Anthony Kennedy was brought up and nominated, and he got in a vote of 97 to 0. So... You know, obviously that was a little bit more unanimous. But the thing that I wanted to bring up is the legacy that this had is if this is what Democrats did in the 80s, then during the Clinton years, it got even worse. And then during the Bush years, it got even worse. And then during the Obama years, the Garland precedent that was unprecedented (laughs) was that they didn't even bring it to a vote. And like Obama was advocating, like, you don't even have to support him. Give just give him a fair chance that like we've that's been the American system. It's always been give them a chance. If they don't pass the hearing, they don't pass the hearing. But they at this point now it's so severe that it 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 wouldn't it they didn't even have to vote. And we had congressmen and senators say if Hillary was elected president, we would not vote on any of her Supreme Court justices for all four years. Yeah, that's insane. That. That's really absolutely is. insane. And, like, the thing that I wanted, the reason why I think this is so important, not only because the Supreme Court stuff just happened, but 
Reagan is such a polarizing figure nowadays. I'm not exactly sure how polarizing he was in the 80s, but I assume based on all the punk I listened to, very. <laughs> but uh, he, this level of polarization is... Like, so much of what we see now was seeded during the Reagan years. And, yeah, this was Democrats being obstructionist, but they still saw the vote. And more Republicans voted against him than I've seen for any of the cabinet hearings nowadays. So, you know, fuck everybody, I guess. Fuck everybody, yep. I don't have a point. Obstructionism is pretty bad. But Bork would have been worse as a Supreme Court justice, so I yeah, guess it was I, fine. You know, I, for me, it's like obstructionism when you're voting no is just saying I don't think this is a good fit it's not like I'm not I'm gonna not even vote I'm not even gonna hear yeah. the, like that's so that's such a different level well, that's, that's why I'm, I'm kind of glad the filibuster was taken like I hate the way it was taken away obviously because it was bullshit but like uh, as time goes on like the, like uh, the filibuster was used as an excuse not even to have it put to a vote like we're not even but at the same now. time dropping it down to a 50 threshold means you'll need you'll never need any bipartisan support yeah and th- so all that means is if you are a different party from the Senate majority, you don't get to pick any Supreme Court justices. And if you're the same, you could pick the most of your side that you want. And that's shitty. And it's an American tradition to just stand up there and talk forever. <laughs> it is shitty, but uh, the filibuster is always like on uh, razor's edge anyway with the new political climate. That's yeah. true. Because like it was only a question of when the Republicans were going to get rid of it. Because Democrats were too pussy to get rid of it, and Republicans were just waiting for the opportunity. For well, them. the Democrats got rid of it in every other field. Harry Reid took care of all of it. Yeah, but after, uh, but like right as it became useless for them, like they, they were so confident they're going to win again that they did like at the tail end of their fucking time and power. So yeah. yeah, good job. So Chrissy, is Bork less fun now? I mean, I think that the name itself hasn't really lost any of its fun. But, okay, like, good. The, the concept, yeah, not as fun. So I would like to leave with this one more excerpt from the Bork Wikipedia page. There was an earlier usage of Bork as a passive verb, because it wasn't added to the dictionary until 2002. <laughs> <laughs> but there was an earlier usage of Bork as a passive verb, common among litigators in the D.C. Circuit to get Borked. <laughs> <laughs> It was to receive a conservative judicial decision with no justification in the law. So you would just get borked when they're like, that's what it is. Don't worry about it. So America is about to get borked? Yeah. Yeah. Or America already has been borked. So Sly, why don't you take us to that? All right. So to talk about borking and talking about <laughs> Reagan, um, I'm going to talk about Trump, uh, which I believe is related. Chrissy, what do you know about this Trump guy? Let me know. I know that he is the president. I know that he is both for and against every single policy, and I know that he has the best words. Yeah, you got it. No, okay, so I mean, uh, according to Trump, that's all you need to know. Yeah, so he knows the best people too. Of oh, course. Yeah. So uh, now that we know everything we need to know about Trump, uh, we get into why uh, him and Reagan both made America great again. Uh, so back in back in the eighties, those like now it's kind of eradicated. But one serious question was whether Reagan was mentally competent enough to be uh, president. And that's been kind of eradicated by history. Like now, no one even mentions that aspect of it. Maybe just got out of respect. But like, I remember when I talked about uh, Reagan's intellect. Well, uh, wasn't that like, weren't they making like a Will Ferrell movie or something about his like struggle with Alzheimer's? Yeah. Do you mean, when you mean mentally, you mean like he might have a mental illness or he's too dumb? Well, he, first I thought he was too dumb, but then it became like, serious, like, maybe he's actually mentally... Well, he developed, yeah. like, dementia and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. During his presidency? 
Well, that's the argument. That's the argument. But uh, I remember when I talk when we talked yeah. about uh, Reagan's intellect, I suggested uh, he was in the same vein as Bush or a Trump. Actually, I think it was just Bush at the time. And Phil said, "No, uh, Reagan's a smart guy. He knew what he was doing, even though I disagree with it. And I disagree with that notion. And I'm going to point to some articles. I'm going to put Phil on blast right now. Yeah, Toby's a do fucking it. asshole. Fuck yeah, tell me Reagan's dumbass piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. So this is an article from VQR online. Oh, VQR online. I yeah, Virginia Review, I believe it's called. Virginia Quarterly Review. Fake news! Fake news! Oh, do you actually love that? Sorry, are you being sarcastic? No, I was being sarcastic. I don't think. Oh, yeah, I figured. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is she going to say this? Who <laughs> news? This fucking mainstream bullshit. So, it just talks about, like, uh, the artist called Reagan Retrospect by Robert uh, Irwin and talks about uh, Reagan's instances of him being an idiot. And it talks about, like, his reputation at the time. Uh, when he became go- governor of California... Jurnus Lucanus said uh, he entered the, the governorship without a clue how budgets were written, how bills were passed, or who was in state government to check the background of prospective appointees. So that was when he became governor. He had no idea how anything worked, really. At the time of his first inauguration, former Secretary of Defense uh, Clark Gifford uh, told uh, the guests at a Georgetown dinner party that the new president was an amiable dunce. And uh, so at the time, he was considered not the brightest uh, guy in the mm-hmm. world and they have um, what was it uh, Reagan's old friend George F. Will a conservative calculated that the middle six budgets of the administration have produced deficits totaling 1.1 trillion and that Reagan proposed uh, 13 14 of the total so uh, and David Stockman Reagan's first budget director he was trying to forestall the 185 billion dollar deficit he saw looming in the future and he divided the workflow into 50 categories he explained the problem to Reagan and he gave the solution to, to Reagan to, to explain what cuts to make. And then uh, Reagan gave him his re- uh, results, uh, his own, uh, Reagan gave his own solution to Stockman. And Stockman calculated the solution result with uh, $800 billion de- deficit, even larger than $185 billion that Stockman was afraid of. And Stockman was like, this guy has no idea what he's fucking doing, so he resigned. So that's how severe... Reagan's lack of knowledge of economics really was. So he was like, I have this worst budget, and and everyone else is like, I'm just going to bounce. Yeah. You, you have fun here. And he made a bunch of, there's always like uh, record, records of different weird comments he said. Like in 1983, he told a delegation of congressmen that U.S. submarines did not carry nuclear missiles. <laughs> uh, he once said at one time that uh, ballistic missiles can be recalled while, after they've been launched. <laughs> uh, and uh, and like Star Wars, I mentioned Star Wars. That was like a uh, defense missile defense plan that he set up. That everyone even at the time were like, "This is impractical and stupid." And so Star Wars is he wanted to put satellites in space that would shoot down missiles. Yes, it's a laser. It's like a missile defense shield. Basically. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like that sounds like a pretty good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Before you get crazy into Star Wars, I had a teacher in high school. I'm pretty sure he was teaching this class as like a Stephen Colbert character like <laughs> i thought he was a crazy right-wing guy but in hindsight i'm pretty sure it was a satire <laughs> i just like to tell yourself at night to make sure no <laughs> i'm like almost positive because he much like the when we talked about the conspiracy theory episode i mean we didn't talk about the episode we talked about conspiracy theories that great episode, episode we made that was such a good yeah. episode uh he said that reagan knew that we couldn't make those laser missile things the star wars stuff but he wanted to trick the soviets into thinking we were making them so they would spend all their money to also try to make them and destroy their communist system with their i mean i mean that sounds like a good they, idea too so <laughs> you need to collapse pretty soon after <laughs> yeah but like 
I I was even at the time when I was like sixteen. I was like, I don't know about that four, <laughs> that four dimensional chess. Uh, apparently, it didn't work because Gorbachev, the leader of the Soviet Union time, uh, he confronted the scientists about this plan, and he went to Reagan saying, "You're not fucking serious, are you? Like this is stupid." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, more dumb stuff Reagan did after returning from a tour of Latin America in 1982. He informed reporters that he learned a lot, and you'd be surprised. Yes, because you know they're actually all individual countries in Latin America. That had to be a joke. Uh, maybe. 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 Well, it's like uh, something Trump said the other day. I'm trying to remember. When it he was when so he dumb. was like, I thought North I thought North Korea would be easy, but after talking to oh, the Chinese yeah. Prime Minister for ten minutes, I realized it's more complicated. Than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking of. It's like, did you guys know that international politics is actually not easy? Yeah. I mean, he did go into like the whole thing, saying like. I'm going to be great at this because people like me. I'm likable. Everyone's going to love me. It's good. Yeah. I love the idea that he's like, oh, Korea? I could fix that. Even though, like, how many, like, 11 presidents have been trying to fix it? (laughs) Uh, What's interesting, though, is Reagan did, at the end of his last term, have a 68% approval rating. The same as FDR. That is huge. It is. It is pretty huge. And, like, uh, that's just so high for a president. Especially because, like, I could see if the Berlin Wall came down at the end of his presidency, but it yeah. was still up. Yeah. Yeah, this article, this actually article actually talks about that. It kind of, like, tears Reagan down and then builds him up a bit, and I'll get into that. But just considering more uh, Reagan bashing. Um, oh, so you're saying both sides are Yeah, both sides bad, are And the answer somewhere in the middle. This is pretty, this is pretty middle toast bullshit. I don't know why I brought this <laughs> up. Fuck the VTR. But, um, yeah, so after the 1984 election, Bud McFlarren, who was head of the National Security Council... He compiled a list of 12 conceivable foreign policy goals and asked Reagan to pick one or two so success, so they can work on them. And then uh, Reagan just said, oh, I pick all 12. And Bud's like, <laughs> what? That's pretty good. He's, yeah. He, he's like Trump. He's like, I'll just do everything. Yeah. And so uh, one thing that he was notorious for, but he was always falling asleep. Uh, well, when he asked to sign papers, issue statements, make telephone calls, he often misunderstood the purpose and forgot the results. And uh, like I said, he f- fell asleep during meetings, and w- one t- came a national incident, a notorious incident, where he fell asleep while talking to the Pope. So. <laughs> I mean, someone I know once fell asleep at a bar on the bar, someone in oh, this conversation, uh, so let's not even talk about falling but, asleep. But no one elected this one person yeah, no. that we're talking about to be president of the United States. If <laughs> I was elected president, that would be a notorious scandal. This guy fell asleep at oh, a fucking Slide out of himself, we can say it. <laughs> yeah, so- I forgot Slide did that, you piece of shit. <laughs> So I was talking about another piece of shit to fall asleep at, at, at places not bars. But um, uh, when we're asked by uh, Chief of Staff James Baker why uh, Reagan did not open the briefing book before a conference, a very important conference, uh, Reagan told him, well, Jim, the sound of music was on last night. And that's also something Reagan was notorious for. Uh, one time uh, d- during a very uh, important budget meeting, he actually uh, he said nothing at the whole meeting except to talk about a movie he saw the other day. Like uh, he, maybe he's a, tor- he's a jokester. If you're a president, wouldn't you make funny jokes like that? No, but that's his only contribution to the entire meeting is just to talk about the movie he saw last night. <laughs> what if it was the Big Short? Huh? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> very insightful political movie. So. I would think at that point he wouldn't keep deregulating all the financial <laughs> industries. And the movie was, by the way, War Games, which is about uh, uh, computer taking over all the missile defenses in America. By oh way. yeah, God. that was a good movie. <laughs> oh, you saw that? Uh, I should see it sometime. It's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, you, you think Reagan says uh, make up for his presidency film. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Direct quote. Yeah, but uh, uh, like I said, this movie, uh, this, this article, uh, kind of uh, builds Reagan up again uh, afterwards, saying, like, he talked about a lot of movies, but that's how, kind of how he related to the world, because he was in Hollywood for so long. Right. Since before the Great Depression. 
But that's kind of gets my, my point uh, of why I'm bringing this up is that Reagan was a guy. Uh, he was he was he's not like Trump in that he was he kind of wasn't as much of an everyday man in terms of what he consumed on a daily basis because uh, Trump eats McDonald's and does and watches Fox News all the time and eats rolled on steaks with ketchup. Yeah, but what? Like, yeah, and I heard yeah. people. I heard people online say that's the like, most offensive thing I've heard so far. <laughs> I hear all these things like, "Oh, this is what New Yorkers do and stuff," and I'm like, "Trump does not represent the majority of New Yorkers. This man does not speak for our country. The most fucking dare <laughs> he eats KFC with a fork." Yeah. Oh God, what, what have we done? <laughs> this is a true atrocity. You know, I found out recently that in Australia, it's like a really common thing, and in Britain a little too. That when people are running for office, they always show themselves eating like. Pleb food. They do that to what? America too. No, they do that here all the John time. John Kasich, watch John Kasich. Look at John Kasich eating food. It's like all he does is go to restaurants. I, I, people make a joke that he only ran for, ran for president because he's actually a hobo who's trying to get free food. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that. You here. remember is when John thing? Edwards took his wife up for their anniversary to Wendy's to show he's a man of the people? Yeah. Look, I am eating the French fry. I mean, we had that one really great Trump tweet on Cinco de Mayo where he was yeah. eating that taco oh, salad. Yeah, but uh, I bring that up because Reagan did the same thing where he's going, I, I can relate to people, I eat regular food. And you went to McDonald's, and uh, this is according to Peggy Noonan, his uh, speechwriter, somebody very close to him, that uh, he was looking over the, re- the menu and he's like, what is a big Mac? <laughs> what? And Peggy Noonan had to explain to him, he's like, oh, thank God, I can actually get burgers at this place. Oh, thank God. So, like, that's how, like, so, like, unlike Trump, Reagan wasn't as much as of an everyman, but, this, but as like Trump, he was a guy. He was a who, fucking idiot. He, yeah, he was. He was a fucking idiot, but more so, he was a guy who was unprepared for the office, and. Uh, but like Reagan was a governor. But the, uh, as a governor, he didn't know how budgets were passed or anything. Yeah, but worked. like, but that's more experience than you can say Trump has. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my ultimate point that we're heading down the rungs of the ladder. Like we talked about how uh, in I forget which episode it was, but we talked about how uh, things are just getting worse. How we used to impeach. Presidents for being uh, pro uh, anti reconstruction. Now we're impeaching them. They're for pro anti reconstruction, <laughs> but, but being anti as are, as are we all. Yeah, anti reconstruction instead of being you know getting a blowjob as we do now. And this is this is like my this is why I view it as another example of how we're spiraling the drain. Like we had an actor, then we had George Bush, who was the uh, George W H W Bush's failed son. And now we have a reality show host who's even more of a common man. Okay, well, Sly, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think part of this. I know you love uh, the proletariat and everything, but I actually think that the rise in populism is responsible for a lot of this. That it the is fa- it, the fact that the, yeah. the common man has more say, which I do think is actually good. Um, the common man has more say, and they pick dumbasses sometimes. Counterpoint, though. Uh, also, the common man is also very disgruntled nowadays because they've been neglected for since Reagan, uh, and now uh, Trump was someone who spoke to them. And the only other candidate in the last election cycle who tried to speak to the people was Bernie, but Trump was the only other candidate. And the populist. Uh, what do you mean? What about Ted Cruz? Oh yeah, Ted Cruz, of course. Man of the people. I, I, uh, I am not a lizard man. <laughs> I think like a lot of like you have a very good point, Phil. And I think a lot like a lot of uh, things in politics, nothing is either truly one hundred percent good, or truly one hundred percent bad, except for uh, Trump. But um, <laughs> but one hundred percent good, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but populism uh, is a, is a double edged sword because obviously you, you uh, a lot of a, a good populist candidate like Bernie who cares about people can make a good change in America, but also populism can be a tool wielded by a dumbass like Trump. To uh, f- you know, force people's uh, dis- uh, you know despair, 
and unhappiness of their station in life towards uh, other sources like Mexicans or, you know, the cucks or whatever. <laughs> I can't wait for Trump to use that in a State of the Union address. Yeah. The cucks have been against me this whole time. <laughs> but my ultimate point of all this is, like, uh, Reagan at the time was viewed as, uh, as like, outrageous as uh, Trump is now. But uh, you, it is a good point that even at the time, Reagan at least kept the appearance of the office. Like, he yeah. was a good uh Speak, speak writer, speech writer, speech maker. <laughs> I'm like, a good speak man. Yeah, I speak good. Me to am. Um, but I think good. I think that's actually important. Uh, even if you are a dumbass, to pretend you're presidential and and uphold the like integrity of the way you carry yourself. I know you hate that slide when you're like these assholes pretend to be presidential, but really they're pieces of shit. But I think it actually does matter in terms of the way Americans view them and the way the world views America. Um, like your dad Ryan was saying that he was never. Uh, you know, he was always happy to be American or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I think for many, even conservatives, it has to be cringy sometimes the way Trump carries himself. Like, he he makes me feel sad. Like, makes me feel funny downstairs. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, 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 it's like I said, double-edged sword. I, I, see, I can see the value in that, but I'm also worried because... All Trump needs to do is act more presidential, and I wonder how much history will vindicate him. And I, I, all I have to do is look at Bush. He doesn't just have to act more presidential. He has to stay that way. Because after his joint session speech, everyone was like, oh, he's finally the president. And after he used military action, everyone's like, he's finally the president. And the next day, they're like, ah, never mind. We're just kidding. He still eats KFC with a fucking fork. He has to stop tweeting. If the, like, if anyone's going to view him as presidential, he needs to stop tweeting shit. But the thing is, this is my question, is does he have to? Because he's the president. Yeah. Like, it didn't stop him from being the president. Well, I think if we're going to retcon history to have made him not a piece of fucking shit, then yeah, he's going to probably okay. want to stop putting so much stuff in writing. That's true. Especially because it's like it's like random thoughts that come to his head so that it, what, what ends up happening is you just see something from 2013, 2014, 2015 that contradicts something he said yesterday. Like, it it ends up making him look really dumb. I think it happens, like, all the time, too. Like, basically, anytime Trump does anything anymore, people are like, hey, look at what you said in 2013. Yeah. So, Sly, I have a question for you. If Reagan had a Twitter account when he was president, what do you think it would be like? A lot of, Probably a lot of it would have been talking about movies he saw the other night. I'm, yeah, you think it would just be like... You don't think it would be just, like, Cold War rhetoric? Like, uh... We're, you know, our economy is beating the commies at their own game. Or That's whatever. a good point. Because I feel like this is an interesting thing that we live in, like, the... If presidents continue to use Twitter, not like Trump does, but, like, more than Obama did, for example, it does give us a lot more personal insight into their personality than you get from, like, speeches and stuff. Yeah. And, like, I could... If Reagan had a Twitter account and it was all Cold War rhetoric, then I think we'd be more on, like, he was smart and knew what he was doing. But if it was just like, hey, you guys watching TBS right now? Or, like, like fake news uh, telling me I can't sell guns to uh, Iran. Yeah. This, this, reminds, this reminds me of a good, a good point I want to... Uh, I want to sure if I want to bring up, but since you you're talking about it, I want to uh, bring it up. So, uh, uh, you know, Reagan was a good order and all that stuff. But here's an interesting uh, point from... Um, this article and says with the possible exception of Benjamin Harrison, however, he was the coldest man ever to occupy the White House. Polite to those around him, but fundamentally indifferent to them. After 20 years of close contact, the assistant Michael Deaver said he had seen Reagan shed tears on public on numerous occasions, but never once in private. In a recent television documentary, Reagan's own son said his father had no close friends, none. Uh, so isn't that what they say about Trump too? 
Is, is it? So that's not a uh, comparison. People say all the time, like, Trump doesn't have any friends. He just sits alone and watches TV. Well, it's like Mr. Time. Slate from the Flintstones. Uh, catch our catch our <laughs> divisive issues episode. Yeah, but like, but like, this, like it's it's interesting because I I just worry um, Trump isn't as irredeemable in the in in eyes of history as he as everyone thinks he might be now. Because I just I look at what people do with Reagan and with Bush. Like they're doing a Bush now, like like Reagan. People know he's like, he's a right winger, but then you have Phil, dumbass Phil, saying he was an intelligent man. Which honestly, uh, it seems like more he was just uh, ignorant and potentially maybe going senile in his final years. Yeah, I think that's probably he probably had early onset like on, Alzheimer's. Yeah, or something. This, this, a second article uh, I want to at least briefly mention was parsing Reg- Ronald Reagan's words for early signs of Alzheimer's by Lawrence K. Aldman, and this was a guy who actually asked Reagan in the eighties, like if, if you have Alzheimer's. Uh, what, what would you do? And Reagan said, like, if I had Alzheimer's, I would resign. So even back in the 80s, like I said, it was a concern, but people don't really talk about how much of a concern it was during his presidency. Yeah. But uh, here it talks about how they actually looked at Reagan's speeches and compared it to George H.W. Bush's speeches because they were around the same age as Waldo president, and they were comparable pretty much. And well, isn't so- Trump older than Reagan yes. was? Yes. Yeah. Uh, every every Republican president has been really old and goes like dement, like becomes demented. But no, but uh, what she did it during office, and that's what they know. That's how they, they use they, they use this method to. But uh, what according to the research, like the research already saying Reagan was a crazy man or whatever. They're saying uh, according to what the research is saying, it wouldn't have affected his his policy making. But as you as you watch his, his speech patterns and compare it to Bush's, Bush kept consistent throughout all four years, while Reagan started becoming more. Uh, uh, like he started using instead of using specific nouns, he would say thing more often. For example, so H. W. Bush uh, didn't over the four course of four years diminish his language while Reagan did, and people say, "Oh, I see what you're saying." So people are saying that's why they're uh, comparable, and uh, that's it shows that Reagan did have Alzheimer's developing as he was a president. The researchers say it's, it's, it wasn't enough to harm decision making, but according to Reagan's son Ronnie. Uh, it was, I mean, but also Reagan's son Ronnie was is also a flaming lib that is, everyone hates. So just so you know, that. is a what? He's a flaming, not flaming liberal, like a, a strong liberal. Oh, <laughs> flaming liberal. But and that, to the point that his brother like said like uh, his 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 adopted brother Michael Reagan said like you okay. Do you guys know about Michael Reagan? What he did yesterday? What did he do? No. You know what? So he tweeted. I don't remember the exact tweet, but like I don't remember the it verbatim. But it was basically like, how can women? It was about Bill O'Reilly, and it was like, how can women who wear low cut tops get mad at us for staring? We should sue them for sexual arousal. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, great family, all a bunch of a bunch of stand up guys. But Ron Reagan actually seems like a really good guy, and he said like he wasn't saying like his dad has. Seen, like I said, like, nobody ever says Ronald Reagan senility. Fuck him, haha. Like when we talk about his senility, he said like it tore him up inside to see his dad. Uh, yeah. On, on the on his speeches, like one of the most famous speeches was him versus Mondale, where he 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 was flubbering his lines, and Ronnie knew him his whole life, and he said like I never saw him like that, and I could tell something was wrong. Mm. That does suck. So like it it is likely that he had senility, and my point isn't that to, is to make fun of Reagan, but just to point out like. Uh, you know, like, like it's actually what Phil actually brought up. Essentially, that the common man is having more of a vote, and they're voting in. Uh, they're they're not as, uh, you know, like selective. Selective. Well, of they're their voting picks. in people that reflect them, but none of those people should be president either. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it is it's a it is a fair point to say that like Reagan probably was a good guy, even though he was making 
ignorant decisions sometimes probably. Yeah. And like and I will say that you know we can criticize a lot of the actions that he took and other presidents take um in term especially in terms of like Latin America and Cold War stuff, but really you have to think their their main goal is not have America be taken over by the Soviets. And if you have to kill a bunch of people in another country to stop the communists from taking over, a lot of them see this as like I'm doing a I'm doing what's best for the country, even if we can look back and say that was pretty fucking immoral. Especially um, when you gave weapons to fucking Osama bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the way they're looking at this is like, yeah, it sucks to give Osama bin Laden guns, but it sucks worse when the whole Middle East becomes a communist Soviet bloc. In hindsight, though, does it? <laughs> That's directly, directly comparable to now, though, because now you have the Syria crisis. Yeah. And people are saying we should help the moderates, quote unquote, there. And there's, there's always mentality of doing something is better than doing nothing, you know? Like, yeah. doing something to stop the communists is better than doing nothing. Doing something to stop Assad is better than doing nothing. Well, maybe it isn't always better to do something. But to quote Ted Kennedy in his speech about Robert Bork, no justice would be better than this injustice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, that's a question for another time of yeah. American yeah. interventionism. We could have a topic. A yeah. Oh, we could definitely on. have an episode. I mean, we could have, like, a, a fucking whole show year show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Christy, what do you think about Ronald Reagan now? I think mostly a lot of the same stuff. Um, mostly because I really only knew facts. I mean, you do live with Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I do just sit here and grumble about. He really does, <laughs> like constantly. So that's a good thing to talk about on the Malcolm interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know when that comes out, but you guys should watch the Comrade Radio feed for yeah. Watch a special thing. Watch. Oh, listen. Watch oh, the, you have to watch, watch it to feed. download it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, are we, are we changing around now? Now we're uh, talking about watching this podcast, Ryan. <laughs> no, not not when Sli- not when Sly says it. <laughs> are we? Uh, are we done talking about this piece of shit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we. I'll give him my piece of shit stamp of approval. Uh, bad president, even though very popular. Um, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> they were plus on good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you guys should all join our Facebook group, Oops, I Talk Politics, and talk to us more about how you feel about Ronald Reagan. Because 68% approval rating, somebody has to like him, right? That's, that's yeah. so high. That is so it, high for president. High. That's higher than any president in modern history. I think that's double what Trump has right now. It wow. actually is, yeah. It's close, it's close to that, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you should talk to us on Facebook and rate, review, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. And follow us on Twitter at Oops Politics. And I am going to do a second plug for another Comrade show, Falling in Love Montage, because I, last time, I talked about how their Ghostbusters episode probably talks about, like, the diversity stuff, and it super does, and it's there so far, I'm not caught up yet, but I think it's their best episode, and any listener of the show will definitely like it a lot, and Helen brings in her husband, who didn't like the movie, and she tries to find out if he's a misogynist or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's always something to... That's uh, something good to talk about live on air. That's a, that's a very yeah. good couples therapy thing to do. Uh, he's not. He's very he's very great. But it's the episode's really really good, and I highly recommend it to anyone, especially if you liked our last episode. So you should check it out. Thank you all for listening. I've been an amiable dunce. I've been totally borked. I've been the breast president. And I'm a milk toast piece of shit. Looks like end of the podcast. Right. Radio.com, Independent Podcasting Network.